Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we are actually going to be talking to someone who is in the future today. Um, actually, right. no, our guest is uh, <laughs> that you spoke to, that you interviewed is actually from New Zealand. So we will introduce him shortly. But, you know, we talk about a very uh, interesting topic, you and him, of just this idea of multiplication. He's a church planter. When you uh, talk a bit about who he is, he's planted churches, him and his wife. And he's also just had kind of this heart of, of just seeing growth and development in his own life. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, when we are faithful with what we have, when we bring to God and before God the things that um, he's deposited in us, the things he's put in us, and we give it to him, God is able to just expand that and multiply it. It's like the story with the fishes and the loaves, right? And what God was able to take those five loaves and those two fishes and feed thousands. And that's what God's willing to do. A lot of times we, we like strive, like, am I quit? Do I have this? And can I do this? What's it going to look like? And really, you know, God's just saying, come before me with what I've given you, who I've deposited in you. And, uh, you know, he can make it into something more. He can expand it. He can, he can have it impact thousands of people. And, you know, this is what our guest is doing through his church planting. But it started with just this uh, beginning of being faithful and letting Holy Spirit guide him with what he was offering and, and giving to the Lord. You know, Emily, I think you're right. Uh, you know, Nick's story and um, his insights, I think, are really profound. And I'm really excited for our listeners to um, to, to hear what he has to say. And I think the one thing I, I really took away from my conversation with uh, Nick is this idea that, you know, everything that you surrender to God, God takes that and he multiplies it. Just like you said, you know, with the story of feeding the 5,000 in the New Testament where that, that boy had, you know, those five loaves and two fish. And all of a sudden when he gave that to Christ, it served so many people. And and, and I think the the key there is sometimes we try to set out to become, you know, I don't know, known or popular or to to help, you know, to, to touch a lot of people and impact a lot of people in our own strength. But many times, you know, what God is saying is, if you will just follow the next step, if you will just do the next thing that I'm showing you, mm-hmm. um, then then I'm, I'm going to cause the gift I'm going to give you or the gift I've given you to impact the lives of many people. I think about Abraham, right? Like Abraham had no clue. God called him from this completely different place, took him to, to Canaan, told, you know, gave him a promise and basically said, listen, I'm going to bless you with a son. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about that son. Through that son, the nations of the world are going to be blessed, you know? Right. And so uh, I think that idea that if you listen to God, if you spend time in God's presence, if you allow God to shepherd you and guide you and 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 speak to your heart and follow his promptings, uh, God can do through your life, as the Bible says, exceedingly abundantly more than what you, you could ever ask or imagine. And I actually want to encourage our listeners today, if you're listening to this podcast, as you listen to, uh, to my conversation uh, with Nick, I, I want you to I want you to think about, you know, the the parable of the talents where the master gives, you know, 
five talents, I think it was three talents and one talent to three different servants. And, you know, the last servant who got one talent, what he really did was he, the Bible says he buried the one talent because he was afraid. And many times this is what we do. We, uh, because of fear, because maybe fear of rejection, fear of what people will say, we take what God has given us and we sort of hide it, you know, and yet mm-hmm. the, the master was angry with that servant. Instead, he celebrated the other two who said, he said, you know what, at least they took some, took what I gave them and they did something with it and they made something out of it and you know they were able to grow it and I believe that God's heart for us when we are engaged in his mission is multiplication Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean we could go through the whole Bible but there's so many examples of God impacting or touching the lives of people and then whatever gift that he'd given them multiplying and touching so many more lives. So with that, uh, let me just read a quick bio uh, for Nick Klinkenberg, Pastor mm-hmm. Nick Klinkenberg, all the way from New Zealand. You're right, yeah. Emily. They, they're always ahead of us. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I forget what it is now, 18 hours or something. So yeah, it's so pretty he's cool. In the next so day. He's in the yeah. next day already as we're, as we're recording this as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, Nick uh, and his wife, Karen, uh, have been leading churches and involved in national leadership roles since 1983. That's uh, uh, that's before I was around, Emily, just so you know. Okay. So uh, they are passionate about the local church, seeing people come to Christ, multiplication of churches, and seeing God move in signs, wow. wonders, and miracles. Mm-hmm. And so since 2009, they've been traveling in an overseeing role to many churches, including Vision Churches International, which they lead. So right. uh, Nick Klinkenberg and his wife, Karen, they have a, a, a whole bunch of churches under the Vision Churches umbrella, uh, predominantly, I think, in Europe now, uh, in France and Holland and wow. different places in Europe. And, and they're basically church planting. And their whole idea is planting churches that plant churches. So this idea of multiplying. Right. right. And so great conversation. I'm really excited to bring him on. So let, and let's he is do actually the author of multiplication. That's the right. Book he wrote. Yes. Yes. He's that's that's uh, Nick's book. And yeah. we will definitely put the links in the show notes for that. So with that, let's bring on Pastor Nick Klinkenberg. Nick, it is great to have you on the Mission Connect podcast all the way from New Zealand. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I see that it's quite uh, sunny and warm there. It's, yep, uh, I'm in my shorts and t-shirt and being free and the doors are open. So. And all <laughs> the Canadians listening are saying, what are we doing up here in the frigid yeah. north? <laughs> it, it's, um, it's, uh, it's in the evening here in uh, the Toronto area and you're uh, just after, I think, 2 o'clock, 2.30 or so. Yep. Uh, the next day. So that's crazy. Yeah. You're, you're always ahead of us. So yeah. we just got into the new year and... Uh, you guys always see the year before we do, yeah. so that's pretty. That's pretty cool, Nick. Listen, it's a, it's it's a joy to have you on. Uh, we connected a few months ago, I guess at a conference that we were both uh, speaking at, and uh, you did give me a book uh, that you had written, and uh, I know we talked as well uh, once uh, you were back in New Zealand. And I honestly, I was really inspired, uh, really inspired, hearing your story and your heart for the church and your heart to see multiplication uh, happen uh, in the church and uh, sort of this idea of the kingdom that's so much bigger than just one local church. Not that a local church isn't important. Of course, it's it's sort of the center of what God's doing in a community, but that there's so much more that God wants to do through uh 
through these multiplication uh, movements and networks. So uh, I know you travel all over the world. There's so much we're going to get into. But before we do that, Nick, tell us a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ. What was your personal faith journey? that brought you into a relationship with Jesus? Well, I grew up in a, in a Methodist church in a, in a uh, Sunday school Bible class, and I knew something of the call of God even in Sunday school. I, mm. I remember sitting in the class, Sunday school, the teacher was teaching about, um, uh, you know, the job of a minister and what that entailed. And of course, everybody in the class, there were about seven or eight year olds, you know, we're all, and I remember it distinctly. In fact, I can take you to the exact place where I was sitting in Christchurch, New Zealand. And, mm. and my parents didn't go to church, but I, I went. And so uh, uh, we had to go to give them some peace, I think, on the Sunday morning. <laughs> but um, I was sitting there and we're hearing about what the minister did. And of course, everybody's going to be a minister. So, uh, and then the teacher said, no, 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 uh, you know, somebody has to do the work around here, you know? So, <laughs> so somebody has to be the fireman, the policeman, the nurses, doctors, so on and so forth. So, so uh, of course, then all the kids wanted to, you know, they're going to be a fireman or a teacher or a nurse or a doctor, or they're going to do this or that or whatever. And I remember uh, I, I was at that time, I faced the wall and I spun around in my chair, speaking particularly to nobody. I was just speaking to the middle of the room. No, I'm going to be a minister. So, I remember that. I remember that as though it happened yesterday, and mm. uh, God brought it back to me when I was in my first church. I've pastored two churches, and uh, when I was having some, well, just you just go through some doubts, and you're, we were in a pioneering stage. We were planting some churches down the coast, and uh, I thought, is this, you know, is this? Am I just doing this out of my own ambition, or has God, right. you know, done something here? So I remember that day. That was before I came to Christ. Now. Uh, I was in Bible class and I went to Bible class and then uh, I asked Christ to come into my life during those latter teen years. I was singing in a nightclub at that time and uh, it just wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it could be or, or should be or whatever. So there was no, there wasn't a meaning or purpose. So I asked Christ to come to my life and I knew that was, that was real. Uh, but the real change came when I, a year later when I read a book, Prison to Praise, uh, and it was a book by a guy called Merlin Carruthers who wrote a book on, on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I read it hmm. and, I, and I just knew I had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd never been to a spirit-filled, so-called charismatic church. Understand that we're talking the 70s in New Zealand. So okay. we had a huge move of God here with the charismatic wow. renewal. Every okay. church was touched. Catholic, every Protestant, every wow. Catholic church was touched in New Zealand. So mm. that was the atmosphere it was in and um, uh, asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit in my bedroom, actually, and not knowing any church that even sort of did this. I didn't even know the word worship. But, um, and so I filled the Holy Spirit and spoken up tongues and so on and so forth and the gifts of the Spirit. That's when my life really changed. I thought, oh my goodness, this is like heaven on earth. And uh, it was then that I started to get my life really sorted out. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I find that very interesting. Um, I think, you know, there's there's been obviously a lot of excess maybe in some sense uh, in the charismatic movement and, you know, some people that are sort of veered off into 
I don't know how much of it is spirit or flesh, but that the genuineness of, of the spirit, you know, coming upon you and, and transforming your life. Uh, as you were talking, it's actually, it's interesting. This is exactly what happened to me as well. And how I, you know, started in ministry was when I was 15. That's when it happened for me. And I had no clue. And someone prayed for me and it didn't really, you know, I didn't really feel anything. I was like, okay, that didn't really do anything for me. I went home, started praying, and it was exactly that feeling that you just described. It was like heaven on earth. It was like, this is real. Like I'd been a Christian, you know, my whole life in the sense that I was born and raised in the church. I was, you know, gave my life to Christ when I was seven, baptized in water when I was 12. But at 15, that experience with the Holy Spirit uh, completely revolutionized uh, the way I just, yeah. my relationship with God, you know. And uh, what I found for me, actually, uh, Nick, was all of a sudden, God became real inside of me. Do you know what I mean? Like before yeah. that, I was looking to others to tell me what to do, how to live, what my purpose was, if I even had a purpose. But all of a sudden, it was like this this engine had started inside of me that was yeah. propelling me now. Do you know what I mean? It's like if a, if a car is like, you know, broken down and you're, 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 you're dragging the car down the road or what, and all of a sudden, if that car that you're pulling starts up and is able to propel itself, that's yeah. what I felt happened in my life. So, you know, and I guess that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? He comes in and you take someone like a Peter in, uh, in the book of Acts. I mean, the guy was afraid. The guy was stuck uh, completely, I guess, in some ways felt, you know, let God down, <laughs> you know? And yet when the Holy Spirit came, it was like something just came on and he just yeah. changed his life, propelled him, you know? caused him to get up. The Bible says he stood up with the 12 and he began to proclaim. So tell us what happened, how, what happened after the spirit came and uh, how did that propel your life into, into the call of God, into a sense of purpose, destiny, ministry, etc. Well, I just, I just knew that God had a purpose and a plan. I mean, I didn't know exactly what it was. I didn't have a clue how that was going to shape up um, at all, except I knew that God was real, God was alive, and I wanted to have some part in it, you know, I wanted to play some part in this. This is like better than life. It's like, wow, you know. And so I began to, well, you just go to meetings, you just go to services, and you just, you're just hungry for, for something. And, and then I knew that I needed to be water baptized, so I hired a Baptist church and asked a, a Pentecostal minister, a friend of mine, I said, could you just come on Saturday? And I asked my workmate. <laughs> to come and, you know, well, be there, you know. Anyway, we had the Baptist church and the Pentecostal pastor baptized us and and uh, I just knew I had to be water baptized. So that it was like nobody told me I had to do this. Nobody told me I had to, that, that, I, that, I, want, that I needed to uh, tithe, for example, or give for generosity. But I just wanted to do something. And I think uh, when that begins to happen, and you just fall in love with Jesus, something happens in your life. You just begin to follow, and he, he shepherds us. I mean, he is a wonderful shepherd. He's the mm. kindest person that, you, that I could ever know. He's a loving, kind God, and he handles our humanity mm. <laughs> better than we do. And all our funny little ways, I didn't know. I, I didn't know about this or that or doctrinal things so much. I mean, I didn't really know anything then. 
of course I knew I thought a lot. I thought I knew a lot, but right. I, <laughs> as a young person, but, mm-hmm. but it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And, and as we follow the who you know, the Jesus uh, person, um, there's a shepherding that he, that, well, I found that I've just been shepherded and I'm at this age in life now and this stage in life. And I look back and I think, boy, that, that's not the way I would have planned it or not the way I would have um, worked things out in my life, but it's the way uh, God shepherded me and led me. And it, well, is, doesn't he say that in Psalm 23? You know, he's our, he's our leader. He's our guide. He's our shepherd that looks after us. He's our banner. He's our... So, so if that's true, then he, he does that, whether we want it or not. And I know that there are times that I didn't even know I needed it, but he was there as, we've, as, as I've just kept on wanting to do something for Jesus. I wanted to do something for Jesus. Mm. So that, that's, that's probably the simplicity of it all, really. Looking back, sometimes I feel a little hoodwinked by God. You know, I wouldn't have planned this church planting track that I'm now on. I certainly wouldn't have done that. I thought, well, you know, it's the best long-term evangelistic method under heaven. Yeah, let's go for it. But I've fallen, I feel like I've fallen into it, and I'm just absolutely passionate about it because I do believe it's the best way we can fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave to us. So how how did you, how did you come to a place of feeling like that was your next step? Or I guess what I'm asking is what were the steps before this becoming the step that you sort of have found yourself in, planted yourself in, and have really given your life at this stage to focusing on this. What were the steps before that sort of prepared you for this step? Well, I I think, (laughs) I think part of it is just, I was just hungry for God to do something. I came from a nominal Christian family, if you like, if that, if that. So, so I really had to make my own way as far as prayer, as Bible reading, uh, started journaling about 20 years ago plus. Mm. Um, but I, I've always, I, I, I had to get on my knees. I, did, I There was no way I could do what I felt God was wanting me to do if there was anything for me to do without just praying. And I, and I began to realize that if I'm to do anything publicly, I need to know this God privately. And so, so I, I really do value that prayer Bible reading and I'm pretty fastidious with it. I'm pretty, um, I, I, I do that daily, you know? So when I say I'm going to pray for somebody, it is on my prayer guide and uh, it will be prayed for. You will be prayed for. So, because uh, so, I'm writing it there. So wow. I think that sort of led me. Then Then I went, I felt that I wanted to get some training. So I, I went to every meeting I could be at, of course, and you just, you know, hearing from God, trying to hear from God. And then not only that, um, and God's leading us all the way. I went to a, a, a couple of Bible colleges, short-term Bible colleges in New Zealand. It's where I met my wife, Karen. In fact, this year we are married 40 years. Wow. Congratulations. That's incredible. I know. We were married We were married when we were two years old. So we were just like, <laughs> That's right. you know, it's amazing. So, you, you were married... Um, you were married um, Eight years before I was even, I even showed up on the earth. So, oh, yeah. 
Stop it. Stop it. This is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, all right. Well, let's move on. Yeah, really. that's right. I mean, this is scary. So, yeah. I mean, I can't believe it either. But anyway, so... Um, uh, so I met my wife at Bible school and, and we tracked together and, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, in all this, I just felt looking back, I felt that God was just shepherding me and leading me. And he, I don't think he tells us the end often. I mean, I had a, I had an end view in sight, but it's nothing like I thought, but it's, it tracked certainly differently. But as we, as we love God, you know, I, I would say to somebody, look, if you're wanting to do something, just fall in love with Jesus. Matthew 28, love the Lord. Sorry, Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your imagination, with all your mind, heart, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Matthew 28 comes on the back of that. And when we get into that, if we're the last command, the, the great command, the great commission, I mean, my goodness, uh, I, I think God sort of is excited about that in our lives and he tracks us and leads us and guides us into certain areas and he knows the best for us. Uh, so th- that's how that kind of happened. Really. Awesome. Uh, the whole idea of great commission, great commandment uh, and, uh, you know, sort of the Lord allowing the Lord to shepherd you. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick, I think one of the things that comes to my mind as, as we're talking about this, you know, we live in a world where it's almost like information overload. You don't even go to a restaurant anymore to experience what it could be. Right. I mean, I am, my wife jokes about this all the time. She says, Fanu, to watch the two hour movie, you research for three hours, you know, to go to the restaurant for that an hour and a half, 90 minute meal, you're on Yelp and Google reading the reviews. I mean, listen, I mean, it's gotten so bad, Nick, that I look at the pictures that people post on Google to see what the inside of the restaurant looks like. So I can make sure there is a seat that I would like to sit in. Like, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Look, I, I, I agree totally. We're in information overload. And I think we have to learn to live with mystery. We really do have to learn to live with mystery. And mystery is good for us, actually, because mystery keeps us on our knees. And I, I, I don't know, so I'm going to have to trust God. And trust, of course, from Genesis to Revelation, trust is one of the words. Yeah. Um, I, I think I agree with you. I think there's information overload and we don't know what tomorrow holds, let alone next week. Now we have an idea, we, we have a plan and it says to plan, no problem. But at the same time, it is different than what I thought was going to be 10 years down the track. And I think there's a huge word, uh, a huge word in the Bible that I've, I, I, God spoke to me about it in t- 1977. Uh, and, and then again, when I was in Europe, we lived in Europe for a few years uh, in this church planning phase. And um, it was trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, understand uh, in a few years ago, and uh, I felt I had a lot of understanding, but it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And I think as we do that, something takes place. In fact, I believe we need mystery. We need to learn to live with mystery. We, we need mystery in our lives. It puts us on our knees. 
it focuses us towards God because I don't know what next week holds. I, I, Lord, help me here because I, I've got an idea, but I need to hear from you in this. And so mystery is good for us. People sometimes don't like mystery, uh, but mystery is good for us in our walk with God. And because uh, I, as I said, I wouldn't have planned this. And like I said, you know, God shepherded me, but there's been no certain, it hasn't been one thing that has been a major trajectory to change me into this area or that. It's my salvation, baptism in the Holy Spirit, those things and certain meetings. But I really can't take you to, I can, you know, take you to multiple things, but not, not one thing. And I think we just need to just walk with God. It's very simple. Look, I think we've complicated Christianity in the West. I really do. I think we've also complicated church in the West. We've made it so complicated. And, and it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, the Bible isn't about information. The, the Bible is about transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, the book of Acts is the book of Acts, not the book of beliefs. I'm not saying belief isn't important. What we believe is important. But, but the book of Acts is, is the Acts of the uh, Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Apostles. And I don't think they could have planned their life at all. Paul certainly didn't. I mean, Peter just like was like, how do you become when Pete, when you look at Peter, um, he, he was like, you're, um, he answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, you know, and Jesus said, well, you know, flesh and blood hasn't told you this, you know, uh, and he, and, and Jesus commends him like, wow, you know, on this rock, build thy church on that confession. I'm going to build my church. A few verses later, He's, he's saying, uh, Peter, um, say, you get behind me, Satan. He's, he's gone from an apostle to a devil. It's like, how does that happen? Yeah. And so Peter's trying to plan it, trying to work it. <laughs> he can't do that. And uh, he didn't know the plan of God, you know. And so, you know, success for me is finding the will of God and doing it. So, it's, it's, yeah. so that's a powerful statement for me. I think that's I, I think that's so uh, profound. It's simple and yet profound because I, I, what I hear you say is, it's not about the major moments and the great quote unquote successes of these moments. Be it you know starting a church, planting a church, growing a church, or any of that. It, it's really from what I can sort of grasp of what you're saying, it's it's more of your the disciplines that you form in life of being close to the shepherd and allowing him to lead and guide and direct and, and staying close enough that you can hear his voice. In a world that is so busy, in a world that is so, I mean, Nick, uh, here's oh, the look, truth. So I mean, we are so, yeah, so distracted. distracted. Yeah. Like I, when I pray, I take my phone, I put it on the other end of the room because I'm just so distracted by texts, uh, Facebook, uh, emails coming in, phone WhatsApp calls. messages, yeah. Ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. And I like, I think I'm pretty focused and I'm really concerned. Actually, I'm concerned for young parents. I mean, I see it at the playground, you know. Parents are on their phone and the kids are tugging at the parents' Uh, uh, genes or, or calling mummy or calling daddy and they're on their phone and, and it's like, they're never going to get that time back. Now I never had that uh, issue um, when we were bringing up our kids uh, because we did it in the, you know, old, olden times, but um, or, you know, 
the, the phone, the cell phones were just coming out. But, right. you know, the distractions are huge. And I think we, we think we can do multiple things. Some of the surveys are saying and some of the research is saying that um, we can't multitask as well as we think we can. And I think just having that focus prayer time, um, ha- you know, sometimes my wife um, says to me, I'm, she's talking to me and I'm on the phone. And uh, or I'm texting, and she says, "Now, did you did you hear what I what I said?" And then, so the name Nicholas comes out. Then Nicholas, uh, look at me, and I know that I'm in real struggle here. I'm really, <laughs> I'm going to have to have. I'm, I'm just calling on God right there for words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and everything because I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So she's. I know the next question is she's going to ask is now what did I just say, and and so I'm the words of not. It's quite amazing how how the words of knowledge and words of wisdom do come actually. It's like I'm just. I've got all the antennas up and it's all happening and it's right there. And so like, yeah, uh, you said uh, this. this, this. Yes, sort of. Okay, so uh, by this time I put my phone down and I'm looking right. at her. You know, and it's like we're just so distracted. We're a distracted right. generation. It's right. it's and it's all yeah. Happens to me. You know, I'm laughing because it happens to me literally every. It happened to me about two hours ago. You know, we were out and I was on the phone and you know I've. Uh, this is not even a good confession at all, but I've, I've, I'm learning to master the art of picking up keywords that I can repeat, not knowing the context, but at least having a word to say, Hey, I know you said that word and I know it has something to do with that, but no, you're, you're right. It's very indicative of the, uh, of the kind of world we live in where, you know, literally your phone is pinging and ringing constantly, you know? Um, And I guess that's what sort of my question to you is, uh, Nick, you know, you are somebody in ministry, there's so much experience and you are, you know, apostolic, really, let's let's call it what it is. You're planting churches, you're starting churches, you're putting structure, putting order. um, And, um, and I know you touched on this already, but I just want to make sure you've, you know, you've addressed this um, fully. Anything that you would say, you know, uh, to to younger people that want their life to be on mission for God, what are some of the key disciplines? Uh, and I know you talked about prayer, but what are some of the key disciplines that we need to have in order to to walk with God and hear God enough to make those course corrections constantly in life? Yeah. I think it's, as we already said, prayer. I use a prayer guide mm-hmm. um, and I've got it in one of my books. Uh, I can send it to you if you, if you want. And uh, that's been helpful for three decades. So prayer, because uh, everybody believes in prayer, right? right. And, uh, but I don't know how much prayer is going on, no. even in leaders' lives. And it yeah. concerns me, actually. Yeah. Uh, so there's prayer, uh, reading the word. So I, I read a, a, a proverb and I read a, a psalm every every day plus an, a New Testament scripture or a New Testament passage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll pray first. Sometimes I'll read the word first. So I'm not I'm not going to be so strict in this mm-hmm. that it becomes rote, you know. So I'm trying to work with that. And I also journal and I'll journal nice. some of the things, the key points that God has said. So what one of so I think a discipleship issue is. See, discipleship for me is summed up in four words, loving and obeying Jesus. Mm. That's all very well to love Jesus. That, we, we, we know that. But it's obeying Jesus mm. and doing what we believe 
he wants us to do. People say, well, I need faith. You've already, if, you, if you've asked Christ to come into your life, you already have enough faith to take the next step that you need to take. So you have the ability to love Jesus and you have the ability to obey him. And as you take that step, another, another door opens, if you like, another way opens. You, can, you know how you, you, you don't stop when there's a fog there. You, you keep going and, you, can, and it, you begin to see the rest of the road and then the more of the road and then the other things and so on and so forth as you progress hmm. and sometimes it is a little foggy in life and uh we just keep on going take the next step you have enough faith to take the next step you have god uh you know we always say lord give me more faith no no uh god absolutely believes in us he, 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 has, he, he has faith in us. How cool is that? Like God has faith in you and I. He believes in you and I. I didn't choose God. I might think that when I was in my early years. I thought, wow, God's pretty blessed, you know. <laughs> it's pretty arrogant. But anyway, uh, but God chose me. God put something in me that enabled me to reach out to him. And so he believes in me. Now, if he just wanted me to... Uh, say yes to him, and then he and then he could have just taken me to heaven. But he has a plan for every person's life. He has a purpose and a and a and an objective for every person. Every person has unique gifts and abilities. Don't tell me you don't have gifts, because every person has gifts. Now, God wants to maximize those gifts uh, for Matthew twenty-eight. Go make disciples, baptize, teach. So, I think as as we're being disciple by Jesus, but also as we are discipling others. And one of the things I would say is get into a discipleship uh, mentoring relationship that will help you uh, to move forward. Every, every um, successful athlete has multiple coaches. Uh, we're watching the tennis at the moment in, um, in Australia, you know, and I enjoy tennis. And But these guys have got multiple coaches. You know, the All Blacks, I don't know if you've heard about the All Blacks. Yes. We're famous All Blacks. And, um, yeah, it's one thing we're good at. And uh, so and so they have they have multiple coaches for that, for that team. They coach on finances. Yeah. They coach uh, in, 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 uh, in their mind, how they think. They coach in, for their body. So... I don't think we even do that in church, you know, and, uh, and so we find a, a discipling relationship, an older Christian who's gone before and don't find one person, find a bunch of people and get them to input into your life, into their life. And it's not about a seminar. It's not about a, it's not about a book. It's not about a, uh, uh you know, a, a course you have to go to. We complicate it all. It's very simple. We just go and have a cup of tea or a coffee and uh, just sit and talk about life. And it's not about what I want the person, not what I want to teach the person, but it's what the person needs. So it might be that person needs financial help. Well, I might not be even able to give that financial help or do a budget. I'm probably not the best person for that, but I can point them to two or three other people in the, in the community of faith that that's the beauty of church yeah. uh, to to uh, get their finances are right. It might be in prayer. It might be in. But you know what did Jesus say? He says, "Listen, uh, go make this 
make disciples of the nations, not even a disciple of a person, disciple of nations. So I wonder what nations God has put on these young people's hearts that God wants to just push through, you know, and it starts with prayer. Just begin to pray for the nations God puts on your heart and see what God does. And then, you know, disciple and then baptize uh, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So what has God told you? Begin to uh, pass that on, as it were, pass it forward to others. You don't know everything, but you know some things. God has taught you something. So even those people, I would say, well, get somebody who's a little bit younger in the faith, perhaps, or a friend and begin to work together, pray together and encourage one another in, in, in their faith. And I think that that's the key, the whole key to, to uh, uh, accountability, discipleship comes in there. And, and uh, it's a beautiful thing when that begins to all take place. Wow, this is uh, honestly it's very refreshing to hear uh, hear you talk about this, Nick. I think um, I think you're hitting on some things that are so so critical and so crucial. And, and as you're talking about this idea of organic growth and development and discipling relationships and hearing the voice of the Father, and you make it sound simple because you're saying it it should be simple and. Um, Again, I think part of the challenge is we overcomplicate things because of the amount of information that uh, that is out there and the the expectations of the world around us to measure up to a certain sort of standard. And I think part of what's happening is I find that a lot more people are good at giving off impressions of maturity without actually being mature because because they're faking it a lot of times because you know it's all about performance and even in the church and now this is sort of going to be my final question as we wrap up here but even in the church nick where i can't tell you you know part of what i do is i help churches i work with churches i coach pastors and 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 christian leaders and the pressure to perform the pressure to compete the pressure to have the best music and the best musicians and the best lights and sound and all of this stuff which by the way in and of itself i'm not saying it's wrong or bad but it's just there is an you know an incredible amount of focus and attention um, that's been put on that where you wonder, well, what about, you know, what about the fruit of the people's lives? What about, you know, what's coming out of these people that are performing? What's coming out of the people that are receiving this performance that are, that are you know, that are showing up on a Sunday? Um, and by every stat, I don't know about New Zealand, but in Canada, you know, used to be people, you know, when someone said, I attend church regularly, it meant I go to church every week. Well, today, they say, based on our recent stats, it's once every three weeks is what the average Christian shows up to church. Same in New Zealand. Yeah. So the question is, what is church? What, what, what does that look like? What is, you know, you're talking about planting churches, planting networks, plant, starting movements. You know, I see this picture of something that is spontaneous, that is organic, that is replicable, that is just spreading, you know. But, but what is that thing? Is it a building? Is it, you know, you got to have this, this kind of, you know, worship team with this kind of musical ability. You got to have sound, light, stage, all the stuff. Or, or, or what is it that we're talking about when we say church? Like, so we talked about the basic disciplines 
of a Christian, what are some of the basic disciplines of a church that make it a church that can be duplicated easily, multiplied easily? I, look, I think things are very simple. They're not easy. Mm-hmm. So let's make, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it is simple. And I think we can airbrush Christianity very quickly. We can have an airbrush. I can give you a beautiful airbrushed picture of myself. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, you know, that's and, and we can do that very easily as Christians, uh, spiritually. Mm. So, but you ask a very powerful question because I've asked this question all over the place. What, do you, what is church? Well, how would you define church? Some people say, well, it's a, you know, it's a bunch of people just praising God and, and we're, oh, okay, it's a concert. No, 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 no. Okay, but we have, we got to teach the word. Okay, so it's a lecture. It's a teaching thing. No, no, no. So anyway, this is what I've come to. Okay. Uh, I haven't had anybody so far in the last number of years disagree with it, but I give it, you know, give it to you too. And I just thought, now, what does Jesus say about church? Because he doesn't say a lot about church, actually. He says a lot about the kingdom. He doesn't say a lot about church. And yet this is what we are often focused on. And I think sometimes uh, it, it's churchianity, not Christianity. And right. and yet I believe in the church. Please don't get me wrong. I mm. absolutely love the local church. It's the bride of Christ. He's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle. He's passionate about his church. He died for his church, you know. So so the church is, is so important. But I think there are very simple things. Number one is, the, as I've mentioned before, the great command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. You do that as a, as a church, as a body of people. Number two, uh, the great commission, of course, go make disciples, baptize, teach. And Jesus gave us two ordinances. One is, um, the, the, um, the water baptism and he all, and also he gave us that ordinance of communion, uh, the, 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 the and, and, Holland, they call it the evening meal, mm. uh, which they have in the morning. But anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I put that in there. Anyway, Jesus gave us those two ordinances. Now, so that's what I say churches, people who love God uh, with all, with all, with all, okay, with all their heart, mind, soul, strength, okay, mm. and love their neighbor as themselves. People who are taking the Great Commission seriously, the uh, water baptism and, and, uh, and, and the evening meal. Now, how big should a church be? Well, uh, there's no, some movements say you have to be 70 people. You have to be a, a 200 people before you can do this or that or the next thing. What does Jesus say? Well, he actually smashes the thought of the day because in the Jewish culture, um, you could only have a, a, an official meeting in a synagogue when there were 10 people 13, 10 men, 13 years and over, hmm. uh, when they agreed together, they were part of the synagogue. When they got together, you could have an official meeting. Jesus comes along and says, where two or three agree, it shall be done. He doesn't ageize it. He doesn't genderize it. He doesn't, he's so like, like two or three kids, like males, females. You can even have like Australians in there, uh, Kiwis. Like uh, Indians, there's so many of them anyway. And so Chinese, are they, uh, and so it doesn't matter what age, two or three. Oh, Nick, that's, oh, you're talking about house church, which doesn't have a very good name in New Zealand, Australia, and wherever I go. Mm-hmm. I say, I'm not talking house church. Please don't define 
church by where it meets. Mm. Now, that's an important statement because we're defining church by where it meets when we say house church or by its size. Don't, don't nullify those five or ten people who are starting to get together, praying together, hearing the word, reading the scripture, maybe singing uh, and, and progressing with that. Don't, don't nullify that because that's very, very powerful. And if you believe in the great command, love the Lord your God, if you believe in the Great Commission, if you're, doing, if you're regularly practicing water baptism, which actually declares death and burial and resurrection of Christ, great preaching uh, topic, and also um, a great speaking topic is the, is the communion, the evening meal, uh, which is also about death and resurrection, the blood of Jesus, the body of Christ. I mean, you can put all sorts of things there. It, the gospel's in there so many times. And so... Uh, if you, if we really are holding to these, we're we're not going to see a church of two or three, uh, or it's going to be it's going to ca- grow. Now, I don't say it, ha- it. I think small things grow. Small is the new big. Mm. So uh, you know, we can have a rabbit. We can have a rabbit church where we have a lot of uh, multiplication taking place. Small things multiply. That's just the facts. And it's fascinating for me that in, you know, Jethro says to uh, Moses, hey, find guys who are going to lead, what is it? Thousand, hundreds, fifties, tens. Three quarters are a hundred less. 75% are a hundred less. Now, you know, as well as I do, most churches in the West are about a hundred in attendance or less now. And we're all trying to bust ourselves and bust our gut to grow that thing. Well, let's not perhaps focus on that so much. How about we think about multiplying that another two or three or four or five times? I wonder if the true fruit of a, of a church is not another uh, disciple, but another church. Wow. I wonder if the true fruit of an apple tree is not another apple, but an apple tree. And I wonder how many, how many orchards we could find in an apple or an apple tree. And so, you know, we need to turn things around a little bit. I wonder how many churches a disciple could plant, hmm. not how many disciples a church could see take place. I wonder how many movements that are in a disciple. I mean, like that's explosive. That's kingdom growth. Now it's not big. It probably won't get on the front of Charisma magazine or Leadership magazine. But I tell you what, uh, it's it's kingdom stuff, and it's pretty exciting when you see that multiply. Because most leaders, and I'm not saying you have to stay uh, ten, fifty, a hundred people. I'm saying if God has certainly gifted people, I was able to lead a church. Well, over 1,500 people. So there, people have certain gifts. Great. But if we're thinking Europe, we can't, we can't have a building. There's no such thing. You can't buy. You've got to have a million euros every time. You, what are you going to have? A smoke machines and lights? And you're going to have your, and you've got to have your, you got to have your uh, part-time or full-time staff and, and so on and so forth. That's just, that's just like complicated. That's like, what? That's not going to multiply. I don't think it even adds and I think we're addicted wow. to addition, not to multiplication. And so that's what I've been confronted with in the last five or six years is, is because I've lived in Europe and also work in Europe. Um, if, 
if we're looking at buildings, if we're looking at full-time or part-time staff, if we're looking at trained staff of having degrees and theological degrees, forget it, you know, just forget it. Look what's happening in India. Look what's happening in China. Look what, we were planning a church every 16 hours in our church, uh, our missions budget in, in Asia, but that wasn't through trained people. That was through discipled people, wow. but not trained people in the sense of degrees and yeah. so on and so forth. It wasn't with buildings. Uh, they had to multiply because they couldn't uh, get too big because of the authorities. And it was, you know, so uh, it, it's, it's, that's how it works, you know, for multiplication. And we need to get back to that because, as you say, Canada is the trend is going down. Some say it's maybe maybe trending the same, same in New Zealand, same in uh, Australia, some say even in, in America, the trends are, are slowly going down. And so we need to multiply, not think of addition, not only just even think of locations. We need to think of multiplication. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of my, I want to ignite church planting movement. And wow. I, I don't... Whilst I believe anybody can plant a church, I probably have to pull back on that a little bit. I think everybody can be involved in a church plant. And so maybe, they, so maybe they're listening to this and they're thinking, boy, I'd love to, I'd, something's clicking inside. Something's just echoing there about church planting, as it did with me many years ago. And I, thought, I don't know what this is about, but oh, okay, this is, sounds pretty interesting. Uh, so I started to think about it. I started to read books on it. I started to, I put money aside so I could give to church planting. And where your treasure is, there your heart is. Heart follows. And so I say to people, put $10 aside every week. And then one day uh, when Fanu or a few others begin to plant churches, you got a few thousand dollars or a few hundred dollars that you can say, hey, I want to give it towards that church plant or they're in a church uh, in a church in their hometown mm. where the pastor's planting a church. They can get right mm. behind that and say, here's a few hundred dollars. I want to give this to church planting. So anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's a little bit of my passion as you can see. That's <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think it's, it really is very, um, uh, like I said, very inspiring to hear you talk about this and the idea of not how many disciples a church can make, but how many churches a disciple can plant. I mean, that's a powerful, powerful statement. Um, before we uh, close, uh, I was just thinking about this as you were talking. If you had to do your elevator pitch to a potential church planter who's afraid, who doesn't know what to do, and I don't know what they say in elevator pitch, how long it is, but I don't know if it's 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half, whatever it is. But you say in a minute or so, if you had to, if you had to talk to somebody about why church planting is critical today, be it in Europe, be it in Canada, I, I tell you for sure in Canada, for sure in Canada, we need, we need, listen, I, we were, I was just, uh, I was just talking to a friend uh, I was in the province, in the easternmost province of our country called Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, the entire population of the province is 500,000, 560,000 or so. Um, sort of typical of where Canada used to be. But the population in our urban centers has exploded such that where, where we live, which is a small suburb of the city of Toronto, our population is 660,000. That's, that's, I mean, a 
30 minute, not even a 15 minute driving radius from the center of our town is how big the city is. There's 660,000 people living in this little area. Uh, the population of our municipality has exploded. They're saying it's going to be 1.3 million or maybe, no, it's actually 1.3 million right now. It's going to be 2 million by 2025, I think it is. Uh, the point is, people are coming. They're bringing 100,000 new people into Toronto every single year from all over the world. <laughs> we need church planters. We need men and women who will listen. I'm not talking about, you know, those who can't stay under authority, those who are rebellious, those who are like, I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, I don't want to, you know, submit myself to anyone. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about people that say, hey, I want authority. I want people to speak into my life, but I want to go out there and I want to pioneer a work. If you had them in that elevator with you, you're going up 20 stories or what, what would you say to that person? Don't look at who's in the church. Look at who's outside of the church. I'm in, a, I'm in a town of 20,000. We've got 10 good churches in this town. People say, we don't, why do we need another church? I said, because there's 17,500 that don't know Christ. The reason we plant churches is from every mission point of view, every mission leader around the world, no matter who you talk to, no matter what stream or denomination, they say the best long-term evangelistic method under God's heaven is the planting of new churches. And, and so if there's a better way, give me that, you know, but I haven't found one in the last 40 years. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on this because it's about harvest. It's not about putting the flag up. It's not about saying I've got this size church or whatever. Uh, and you can start small. You start with one or two people, get them in a home. Cause that's, that just cost. That's like cost effective. Like you just have, you can have in some of these larger homes, you can have 20, 30, 40 people, which is great, you know, and you can pray, you can hear from God. You can have a, you can, you can uh, get a podcast if you need to, you can speak, you can, uh, so, so, so it's, it's simple, but it's, I would say it's not easy, but it's simple and just go for it. Just begin to start discipling people and go for it. And it's all about harvest. It is, it is not even about church planting. It's not even about planting movements, which is my call. I want to ignite church planting movements. It's not about that. It's about planting. It's about a harvest. It's about the great commission. Amen. I love it. Uh, Nick, thank you so much. I know uh, that everyone that's listening to this podcast is super, super, super blessed and inspired listening to you and hearing your heart. And you definitely, you're obviously an igniter of passion and, uh, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit in the hearts of people because that's what I feel every time I'm around you and I talk to you. And uh, so if someone is listening to you today and saying, Nick, I, I want to be, uh, I want to get more of your you know, stuff that you've written, that you've, that you've, that you talk about. Uh, maybe I want some mentoring. Maybe I have some questions. How can people get in touch with you? Well, if they just uh, go on my email, um, nick at visionchurches.com. Okay. So that's one word, vision churches, nick at visionchurches.com. And uh, just, uh, we, we can go from there. No problem. Okay. And, uh, I've got a website, visionchurches.com. Okay. And I've also got another 
website that I use as a blog uh, about church planting, more about church planting than leadership, but some leadership stuff as well, of course. And you can get my books off that as well. Um, and that's nickklinkenberg.com. Now you can get that off the visionchurches.com website. Very simple. And unfortunately, that's just fallen down today, but it's getting up by the okay. midnight, I hope. Okay. So, uh, so by the time this podcast goes live, yeah. it'll be up. So it'll be that's, up. That's great. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for, uh, you know, agreeing to do this podcast. It's, uh, it's just been great chatting with you. And uh, we're super, super excited for all that God has in store for you in 2018, for Vision Churches, for your work in Europe and around the world. And uh, yeah, we're just cheering you on, praying for you, and uh, just glad that we could, uh, we could be connected. So thanks thank for being you. on the podcast. Thank you, Finney. Awesome. You were blessed with that uh, great conversation I had with uh, Pastor Nick. I mean, what a great story and uh, what uh, great examples of just following the Holy Spirit. You know, I I love Emily, the part where he talked about how when he encountered the Spirit of God, you know, his life began to change and God began to just lead him one step at a time. And, you know, when he was talking about this idea of not even having thought about planting churches that plant churches and doing what he does today. Um, but just allowing God to lead him. I, I was really encouraged with that because sometimes you look at someone like, you know, Nick, for instance, and you're thinking, wow, he's in Europe, he's planting these churches. You know, he pretty much travels all over the world, all the stuff. And you're thinking, you know, what was his strategy? Like, how did he plan all this out? And, and many times it's like what you were saying in the beginning, Emily, is that, you know, you just let the great shepherd shepherd you you just let him lead you and you know sometimes we think there's like this master strategy that people follow and and don't get me wrong i think there is in god's mind right but a lot of times people are just like i i really didn't know all of this was going to happen i just did the next thing that god put in front of me Mm -hmm. i mean it's we just came out of the christmas season it's that scripture you know that you think of that comes around a lot at christmas time in isaiah where it says he will be called wonderful counselor and that Mm. whole idea of you know sometimes we don't have to have everything figured out we just have to allow holy spirit to guide us and you know pastor nick lived that out and he lives it out Absolutely. So listen, friends, uh, check out uh, Nick's uh, website. It's visionchurches.com. That's visionchurches, churches plural, dot com. And you can get his book on multiplication and, uh, you know, just follow him there. He's also got a blog that's connected uh, to that website. And, uh, you know, I just encourage uh, all of you that are listening, if you're, if you have a passion to fulfill God's mission, one of the great ways to sort of, you know, fan the flames of the fire is to just be around people. And, and, you know, the beauty of our world today, friends, is that, you know, you may not get to meet these people, but through this podcast and through their website, you know, you get to sort of be around their conversations. You get to be around their thinking, their stories and, and how God has led them. And hopefully, uh, I believe that uh, as you're, as you expose yourself to that, you know, the spark is going to get stronger on the inside as well. So check them out and uh, make sure to connect with them as well. Emily, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us? 
Yeah, so they can always check us out at passiontoreach.com. They can email us or connect with us at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast because every week we release a new podcast with a guest that has very similar stories and testimonies as Pastor Nick. Thanks a lot, everyone. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.